morning. So it's 6.50 in the morning. Um, got up at around 4.20 to eat city, which is like breakfast or like a meal before the sun rises and before the morning prayers. Um, so you can eat and fill yourself up and pray and set your intention for the fast. Um, and then you pray and then, I mean, if you want, you can go back to bed. So I was trying to go back to bed, but like, I, I don't even know how to say this. The last couple podcast episodes, I explained about how I was so confused about religion and like how I should perform it and whether I'm just lazy or whatever. And I was scrolling through Instagram, I think yesterday or like a couple days ago or like the day before yesterday. And I saw this post. I'm going to pull it up. It's by Unsweetened and Unfiltered. It's um, a page on Instagram that's about, that's connecting Muslim women and sharing their struggles about being Muslim. And there's this post, um, it was yesterday, and it says, SubhanAllah, how your heart instantly aches when you distance yourself from Allah. Yet no matter how far you've strayed, God will, God always calls you back. And then the description, just a reminder to born Muslims, please don't feel guilty if you don't experience a connection to your prayer or to your faith at times. And then they have like four other paragraphs, but when I read that, I was like, holy fuck, that's me, like, that's what I'm feeling, I don't feel a connection, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then it goes on to say, this guilt comes from the expectation placed upon us to practice our faith with no struggle since we were born into it. We prayed and observed Ramadan ever since we were in elementary school, attended lectures with our parents at local mosques, and some of us even went to Saturday Islamic school. But as we approach adulthood, we begin to dig a bit deeper into our relationship with Allah. We find ways to relearn our faith and find our own personal connection to Islam. We all yearn for the need to rush to our prayer mats rather than feel like it's a chore. And that's what Zohar and Asr in Maghrib felt like to me. It felt like a chore, like, and because my mom kept enforcing it, it reminded me of my childhood where she would always force us to do namaz. And like, at the time, I didn't know what I was reading. I didn't know why I had to pray five times a day. I didn't know, like, why we're praying to Allah. Like, I mean, I read the Quran and my mom held Saturday lessons at her house for some time. And like, we heard stories, but like, we didn't feel a connection to Allah. We just learned that there's this higher being and we need to pray to him to give us good things and that was as far as our understanding went so when we were forced to do the prayer i was like i don't really understand why i have to do this when i can just ask for things 
and I get them that's coming from a really really like big place of privilege by the way because at the time when I'm younger like all I can think about really is material things like I didn't know there were <laughs> things bigger than you know love there's things like love and empathy compassion and acceptance and fear of rejection I didn't know all that stuff existed at the time so I was like, oh yeah, I want a cookie. And the only person who can give me a cookie is my mom and dad. So I want to ask them. It was, I mean, it wasn't that simple, but like, I'm just giving an example. So, but as I grow older, the only one that I could turn to when I was going through such a tough time was Allah. And I just kept asking him, them, sorry. I kept asking them to, you know, help me I didn't even know what to ask besides that and I felt so like hopeless because I didn't understand anything that was going on when I didn't like namas or when I just sat on the janamas which is a prayer rug I would just cry I would just cry because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to ask. I don't even know what I was like what I needed to ask for. And so I just sat there and cried and prayed to God that you know I wouldn't harm myself or commit suicide or I wouldn't die because I wanted to get through this and make my parents. <laughs> and like in the past couple years like I've done the most like a handful of times and every time it's with a sense of duty that you help me so much that this is my duty to you it's a chore I need to do this because this is what is expected of me not because I wanted to be closer to Allah. So my heart was in it. And I didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand. I still didn't understand what I was praying about. What I needed. What I needed to ask for. And... This Ramadan has been such a blessing to me. I feel so much closer to Allah. I recognize the signs, like finding this post and listening to the podcast episode of this post was exactly what I needed to hear and the best part is like the podcast was such beautiful filled with such beautiful intentions and beautiful people who were really open and honest sharing their their own struggles 
about their connection to Allah and how their journey has like changed since they were kids to now and it was so great to hear that and like that was the first time like at the end of the podcast they were like you just remember that we're all in this together like even though we're like talking about this right now like we all have our own struggles that we're going through and every day changes so i admire them so much for creating this platform and being honest and setting setting an example for muslim women that you know you're not alone in your struggles and then they wrote this please don't feel alone in your struggles allah knows your intentions we may not be on a spiritual high 24 7 but inshallah we never let go of the urge to seek allah and to seek his guidance and if you are oh that's a different but that's it was so powerful and i did namaz this morning and i prayed recently like in the past like week and a half two weeks especially since Ramadan started i've been looking up translations of exactly what the rakats in namaz mean what everything i say in namaz means and it's all about surrendering to allah and his and their great power admiring him admiring them for being so merciful and forgiving and like just succumbing to his power and trying the best you can to create a connection with him so you feel well I guess I'm still figuring that part out but the Namaz, what I learned from this podcast and recently on my own time is that Namaz should be a time between you and Allah where you form a connection with them, whatever that connection may be to you. And Namaz doesn't have to be one structured thing. You can tailor it to what you need it to be. I always thought, like, was taught that you have to say one surah or one prayer in the first rakat and the second rakat. But you can change it. You can change the duas depending on what you need from Allah. And you pray to Him and you submit to Him. Oh my God. Them. You submit to them. And you pray to them. And it's it's beautiful. And then I realized, like, when I was laying in bed, um, that there have been so many signs that they've given to me that he that they're right next to me. And then the biggest thing was that what this podcast talked about was when you feel guilt, that is Allah by your side calling you to them to remind you that they are by your side and to submit to them and ask for forgiveness and ask for mercy because they will give it to you because they are the most merciful and that is what I realize now they were with me 
since I, since I was born. They were with me when I was... crying in my on the prayer rug when I was cutting my arm. I was crying alone. They were with me the whole time. They were with me the whole time. And they heard me and Allah has taken me this far because I asked for it. And I'm so thankful and I'm so blessed and privileged that I could realize this at this point in my life and yeah like this is a really big like moment for me but like I don't know how it's gonna be in the future I just know that today, like, this is the closest I've ever felt to them. And I just hope what I can learn from today is that they're always by my side, no matter what. And if I'm struggling with anything or in trouble or need to ask for forgiveness for anything, any sin I committed, they will always be there for me. And I can ask for forgiveness, and they I know they will give it to me. And I know some days are going to be hard to remember that. And some days I might not remember. But no matter what happens, they will be there for me. And I think that's beautiful and so comforting to know they have not left my side. They're always there for me. And then, after that, like, I started thinking about who I am, because I was thinking, okay, so, the reason why, I don't know if I talked about this, but the reason why I call Allah them and not him is because I realized and came to, like, believe that a being so powerful a force so powerful and so all-encompassing and benevolent and so merciful who has all this power like how can you put a gender on that like no human will ever be as powerful as Allah (laughs) and Allah is not a person in the podcast they were talking about how when you understand that Allah cannot be completely understood you can never completely understand who they are and just how powerful they are that's understanding who Allah is. They're just so, so great. <sighs> so many words to just like, there's, 
a saying that Allah has a thousand names. And I understand now why there's so many and how there could probably be more. There are all of those a thousand words. There are like beyond those a thousand words. And so I have called Allah them because he is Allah. There's no other way to describe them. So I got rid of the he. And I just understand that Allah is them. That phrase them is all-encompassing of everything they are. And then I was thinking about gen like humans and how <clears throat> non non-binary folk and gender non-conforming folk call themselves them. And I was like, they are beyond gender. They are beyond what's between their legs and beyond society's expectations of them as a as a human. I mean, as like a person like they know themselves enough where they can call themselves them and just be a person and be a human instead of a form of gender expression. And I think that's beautiful. So I'm not necessarily comparing them to Allah because no one is ever comparable to Allah. But those humans, those non-binary, non-gender conforming people who use other types of pronouns <clears throat> that they can be so sure. I mean, I'm sure that they have struggles as well. But that <clears throat> they can be so like aware that all they are is not a form of gender expression that they are beyond that i think that's the most like pure and maybe i'm like over exaggerating this but like it's i feel like it's the most pure form of human like they are human they are a person and that's all that they are and they want people to see them that way so they use different pronouns and i think that's great and i think it's beautiful and i understand <clears throat> i mean that's how i understand it and it might be different for every single person and i respect that so i will just do my best to like use pronouns um i mean and i have but like i have a better appreciation for them and like exactly what they've gone through to understand to come to the realization that they are not a he or she but they are a them and i respect that so much um but they but yeah so i was thinking about them and how like whole holistic they are and i was like how can i describe myself and i was thinking of like an interview question like how would you describe yourself and i'm like whenever I've answered that question I was always like oh like I'm a student and like this is what I've done so this is who I am but it's true and I was like I wanted to and I started going through a list and I was like I need to record this because I'm gonna forget it um but first I need to oh wait before I do that 
this last paragraph that and on the instagram post it says allah's mercy is like no other don't complicate your relationship with them they said uh the post said him but i'm changing it to them allah's mercy is like no other don't complicate your relationship with them allah doesn't want to burden us they are always near just call upon them so it's a great page um if there are i mean i doubt i have listeners i know i don't have listeners but just in case if anyone is listening to this and you are muslim or just want to check out their page the page is called unsweetened and unfiltered and it's just the same um name for the podcast except um the name is like credible vowels so yeah um and before i move further i have to use the bathroom okay so i had a conversation i think i talked about this too with um when i had a conversation with my mom um about myself and just like my worries and stuff i she told me like i was like she was like you need to put yourself first and i'm like but how like she was like who do you value first like who is the most important person <coughs> in your life and i was like my family and she was like no and i was like allah and she was like no you need to put yourself before allah too because how can you form a connection with them if you don't know who you are you need to love yourself so you're able to love other people stronger because you have such a solid foundation of yourself and i understand some of that now (laughs) i mean still have so much work to do myself but I can understand the concept and like actually learning to love myself will be it has been a challenge so we will see how that will <clears throat> unfold in the coming days but yeah. so <clears throat> I was like thinking making a list of like traits that I have and I was like <clears throat> trying to take like my ego and like shove it down my throat and like my feelings of self-doubt um i also tried to shove that down my throat i say like said all these things but i was like i'm empathetic i'm kind um i'm compassionate um I try to be funny and I sometimes try too hard where it's just not funny anymore but I make myself laugh so um and I guess that's one of the weaknesses about myself is that sometimes I will try to so hard that I overlook the simple things and it ends up failing because it's not it doesn't have like a solid foundation you know what i mean so like at work too like i'll try so hard at something because i want to do well but i'll just forget the simplest things 
because I'm so focused on getting to the end and like doing well that I just don't do things the right way in the smart way. Um, and just like making sure, I mean, like I've gotten like a little better about it, but I mean, I need to do like better, but so that's one of the weaknesses I have, but I guess that's the strength too. I try really hard and I learn from my mistakes when it comes to work and learns trying to implement that in my like daily life too and like personally if i make a mistake that i learn from it and like try and do better so i'm constantly improving and i think that's a big strength of mine um and sometimes i'll try so hard to be a good person and i'm so focused on being good that i'll forget about myself and I won't take care of myself so sometimes my intentions fall apart because I don't take care of myself in the meantime and I just overwork myself and I collapse or um it doesn't follow through because I'm not my strongest self at the moment and that's one thing I need to work on more one of the many things I need to work on more and then the trait that I admire most about people is honesty and I admire that trait so much because I want to be more honest first to myself so I can learn to take time for myself when I need it um and be honest about my feelings and my boundaries and in doing that, I can be more honest to people about how I'm feeling and how they're violating any boundaries that I had. Or just like stopping white lies because I don't want to make them like feel bad or like trying to lie in someone else's interest. Like I don't want to do that. Like I want to be honest. Um... Yeah. And then I I don't like lying. I don't like when people lie to me. No one has lied to me, I think. Um I can usually like if my family lies to me, I can usually call that out. But I'd like to be able to call other people out too if they're being not honest, if they're, they're lying to me. So Yeah. Um what else I love a lot which is a strength but can also be a weakness because like I said like I sometimes I'll love too much and I'll just overlook faults and red, fl red flags and I'll love them like I did with my ex friend let's call her Julie like, I saw traits that I didn't like about her, but I accepted that, and I was like, I love her for her. And then I saw red flags, and I was, I just ignored them, because I was like, ah, you know, she loves me for me, so I can love her for her. But the longer we were friends, the more apparent they became, and the more I really didn't appreciate them. And then I ended up 
pushing her away. And one of the things she said to me when I talked to her was like, you made me feel like you loved me for who I was, for who I am. And now that you're asking me to change, like, I feel like that was all a lie and I feel betrayed. And <clears throat> I understand where she's coming from. And I'm very sorry about that. And it could have been stopped if I was honest. So I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to betray people. I don't want to lead people on. So I need to be more honest. Um, yeah. I am quiet. I am observant. Um, I need to amplify those traits. I've pushed them down a lot because I won't listen to my gut about people or things because I'm like, oh my gut is wrong. I always second guess myself. So I want to learn to trust that. I am pretty artistic. I'm a pretty good writer. Um, I'm a good copy editor. I'm a good friend. I could be a I could be a better friend, but I'm an okay friend right now because I'm I'm focusing oh, so much of my time and energy on myself right now. So I'm putting myself first, and my friends are like fourth right now. So right now it's like me first, Ella second, my family third, and then my friends. <sighs> So I feel kind of guilty that I'm not checking up on them as much as I want to. But I know that when I'm more confident, like maybe after the gauntlet, I'll have more spare time. And I think, well, I want to be able to talk to them more honestly and more like fulfillingly than just like how are you and like talking about covid because that like always comes up and i want to go like deeper and just like yeah so i feel guilty that they're fourth right now but i need to work on myself and maybe I can apologize to them but I don't know yet if I need to um another thing is that another trait about myself is that I'm self-aware self-aware like one thing that helps a lot is that I'm very open-minded and accepting of other people but like I've learned that I can be accepting of myself too there's only one thing about myself that's like really hard to accept um and I will not talk about that excuse me um maybe I'll talk about it later I don't know but that's a different story but like everything I've learned about myself so far I've learned to accept I've processed it I've thought about it I've like implemented it in my mind and like thought through things 
and then I've accepted it and being in the gauntlet and like learning about these things and talking it through with other people who have similar or traumas different traumas all the same like traumas in general like it helps so much because I know that I'm not alone and that's another thing that I've learned in the past since I started this thing is that I'm not alone I'm not alone and it's not just me that's going through this and I think and my understanding is really like shallow right now and I mean that depth wise like not like oh my god she's just shallow like not like that but like shallow like the the shallow end of the pool so my understanding of oh I lost my train of thought um oh fuck my understanding of that thing whatever I said was is pretty shallow so oh that I'm not alone it's pretty shallow but I feel like the more I open up with people and the more vulnerable I am with my friends and my family like I'll learn that I'm not alone in any of the struggles that I have and that other people struggle with either the same thing or different things and to be empathetic with them be compassionate and respectful of what they're going through and appreciative of them sharing it with me if they do um yeah so i'm self-aware i'm open-minded i'm accepting and then work-wise i've learned that i'm very good at constructive criticism um or like suggestions on what i can do better i take them to heart and i can like implement them in my work i haven't gotten constructive criticism about myself i mean the biggest thing in the gauntlet is that people keep telling me that I'm not alone and I've learned that and I've it's still a shallow level like I said but um I lost my train of thought again fuck oh I don't remember what I was gonna say um self-aware um i think that that's all i can think about right now oh i'm patient um i'm very patient that's like even before like this whole thing i could always say that i was patient i'm very patient and i know (laughs) i always have room for improvement there's always room for improvement no matter like how good you are at something there's always room for improvement um and (laughs) i've learned (laughs) that people who need attention are people that I'm not patient with. And I realize now that it's because I don't like attention and I don't like people who ask for attention because I feel like they 
um, they just want to be the center of attention all the time and that they're conceited. But that's not always the case. I was reading something a while ago and it was like, oh, kids, by the way, kids is where that gets me the most is when kids need all this attention and need all this like validation. Like it's exhausting to me to keep giving them validation. Um, and I guess that's something I need to look for in adults too. It was something that I didn't like about Julie. Um, actually she was constantly like putting herself down and I always gave her validation. And I didn't realize, I guess till now how much it was wearing on me. Um, but like, I get that you have issues and I get that you need validation, but I can't keep giving it to you like that. Like I also need validation, I guess it's like something that I'm working on too, but, and like without having it myself, how can I give it away to other people? So I guess that's a boundary. Anyway, so I was reading this thing a while ago that was like, when kids in attention, don't think of it as they're only seeking attention. Ask yourself why they could be seeking attention and um, be more empathetic with them. Put yourself in their shoes and think about why they could need it. So I've tried to do that. Um. And I guess it's something I still need to work on. Um, but with my cousin, one of my younger cousins, she turned 14 recently. Um, and she always wanted to hang out with me. Like, she always wanted my attention. And it was so, like, exhausting for me because she always wanted to have, like, spend time with me. And that meant I always needed to be on. And I just didn't have the energy because... I just wasn't like strong enough yet. I didn't have a good sense of myself yet. So I would dread it, dread that time with her because I still myself didn't know who I was and I didn't know what to say to her. And that was my biggest concern. Like she needed someone to like help her in her teen years. You know, she like needed someone growing up like a female figure to like help her figure out who she was. And, like, her mom is, like, pretty religious. And she's, like, overbearing. Like, I'm sure, like, all moms are. But, like, her, she has her own issues with her mom. And I respect that. But she wanted someone else. Because she has two brothers and her dad. So it's just her and her mom. So I can imagine that attention could be too much sometimes. So she needed, like, another female figure. But at the time, like, I didn't know how to give advice. I didn't know what advice to give. So I would just like dread spending time with her because she was constantly like trying to form a bond with me, but I didn't know how to. I didn't know like what to share with her. So I pushed her away, I guess. And I feel bad about it now. Um, and I never really talked it out like this. So a lot of it has become, is like new to me. And like I understand a lot of it now. Um, so I still don't know what to say to her and like I took her to see a musical um 
in February. And that was nice. And I apologized for being quiet. And she was like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, I don't mind it. And, like, that's fine. I don't mind quiet either. Excuse me. I actually, like, really appreciate just sitting next to each other, sitting next to someone, and just enjoying our thoughts, like, separately together, if that makes sense. <laughs> just enjoying quiet time. I like that. Um, so I didn't mind it, but at the time I felt like I could be saying more, like I wanted to spend time with you in like a good way. Like getting to know, I know in the past, like getting to know people, it's all about, or like even now getting to know people is all about talking and like about yourself. And I don't know how to do that at all. I guess that's why I hate conversation. right yeah because I don't know what to share about myself because I'm so self-conscious about how other people will perceive me interesting hmm. but yeah so I'm patient but now I have learned that I'm not patient with people who seek constant attention and validation and just need to be the center of attention all the time <clears throat> and I guess it's my responsibility to find out why they need that attention by spending time with them and if it gets to be too much I can be like yo this is too much for me uh, let's see how I can learn prime example of this is this girl in my program her name, let's call her, let's call her <clears throat> Elise. I saw so much of herself in me and it scared me. So I like just ghosted her at the end there. Like after we graduated, it was the last time I talked to her. And like even before, like, three months, two months before graduation, I just stopped talking to her. I stopped, like, engaging with her. I stopped texting in our group chat with, like, our five friends, the original, like, Emerson gang. I just stopped because I was like, I cannot deal with this right now because, like, so much of that is me and, like, I can't deal with that and I didn't want to be that person. Like, the first time, like, we hung out together, she came to my apartment at, like, 6 p.m. She did not leave until, like, 1 in the morning. And all she was doing was talking about herself. She told me all of her family drama. She scrolled through all of her pictures on Instagram. And I was like, what the fuck? It was ridiculous. And like everyone like, like everyone I talked to who was about to meet her, I was like, listen, she's crazy. She talks so much about herself. Like you don't even know. And they were like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 I'm sure. And then like, even like when they, after they met, uh, Elise um they were like Parisa I thought you were like kidding or just like over exaggerating but no this girl has issues I'm like I know like and that's actually one thing I find annoying sometimes like when I tell people something they think I'm over exaggerating but then it turns out to be like it's true like yeah I'm like over emotional and or I shouldn't say that. Yes, I am emotional. And yes, like, 
I'm very sensitive, but when I say something is like extreme, it's fucking extreme. Because like I can take a lot of things, but when it gets to the point where I'm like telling people that it's too much for me, you gotta like understand that it's a fucking lot for me. Like I can't do with it. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> and I got really bad. So she got a boyfriend like our second year in school and it was literally all she could talk about like every time no matter what happened she would bring up her boyfriend and whenever anyone else would talk about anything she would be on her phone or she'd always like bring it back to herself and she was always seeking validation and she was always wanting to be center of attention and it annoyed the fuck out of me and like i had no patience for it by the end of it and i would just don't talk in our group chats anymore from emerson because i'm like she's in it and i don't want to have anything to do with her anymore so i just ignore her and like i wanted to talk to her about it and like one of my other friends and i wanted to talk to her about it but we just never ended up doing it because she lost her dad and her boyfriend broke up with her and i'm like this is not a great time so i mean there's never a great time to talk about something like that but um so it's interesting I can't deal with people who want to be center of attention or seek validation because I need attention and I need validation and I don't like that part of me Oof, what a truth. Fuck. I want attention and I want validation. <sighs> so I should learn to accept compliments when I get them, right? It's so awkward and cringy. But if they're telling me, I need to believe and assume that they're true. And I should trust myself to know when those compliments are fake. And those people are fake, so stay away from them. Okay. A lot of revelations about myself in this podcast. I'm glad I decided to record this. Patience. I think that's all I can think of right now. Mm. Yeah, I think that's all I can think of. <sighs> but yeah. <clears throat> Today is day 15 of Ramzan, so I'd say it's been pretty successful and very blessed for me so far, so shukran Allah for that. And now I will try to get some sleep.
kommen. Yeah, my mind is blank right now. I was trying to think of some, something to talk about, but my mind is blank. So, with that, I'm going to try and go to bed, and I will talk to you another time. Bye.